0: Podcasting fake live and direct on the reposted podcast network. I feel like this episode is going to get recorded and sent over to the Marconi Awards and submitted for best show ever, not done on acid. He's the one and only Andrew Keller, and I am Larry Olson. Well, uh, we might have to have a post-production meeting
1: because currently <laughs> I am on LSD.
0: And I'm doing quaaludes, so, but it, it's acid. It's, it's acid.
1: 50% of the show, I think, would qualify. As long as both of us are not on acid, we'll be all right. Well, there has been some uh, movement, I guess, in the uh, NL North. There's <laughs> There's been some movement in the NL Central. The St. Louis Cardinals have been on a tear. They had a 17-game win streak that was broken last night against Milwaukee. And uh, as you probably gave this story to me, I love a good statistic. When they lost on Wednesday night, that marked just the third time since 1900 that a winning streak of 17 games or more ended with a shutout loss. That's an interesting statistic, but what what scratches at my interest the most is when that happens, who looks that up? How do you look that up? Someone's like, well, there's got to be a statistic in there. Baseball statistics are so encompassing, they're omnipresent. Who knew to look that up?
0: I want to know. Who is this person?
1: Someone from Harvard.
0: Harvard someone from Harvard. You it, know, it, uh, the Harvard do,
1: to MLB pipeline.
0: I do think this was, like, the longest winning streak in September since, like, 1905.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great win streak. But then also, you got to say, they're still seven games back behind Milwaukee. And, like, all that did for them was get them into the... uh Position to potentially play in a wild card playoff against the Giants or the uh, World Series Asterisk Dodgers.
0: The reason this story hurts me so much, because as you know, we got a week left in the baseball season. Typically speaking, in a non pandemic year, I would have gone to a state where gambling is legal and I would have put with our intern the Brenda Peterson bet down, where we always bet on the Cardinals to win the World Series at the beginning of the year. I do now believe they are red hot, will go to the playoffs, and will win the World Series, but we have no Brenda Peterson bet on the Cardinals this year. All right, well, let's put
1: a a juicy hypothetical together. Let's say the the Cardinals get in the wild-card game, the Giants maintain their two-game lead, and they have to play your Dodgers in the wild-card game. If you have this ticket, who are you rooting for?
0: Well, it depends on how much it pays. Well... Over 500, I root for the Cardinals. Under 500, I root for the Dodgers. No. Well, so that's at least my we know. At least okay. we know. Yeah. Okay. So we are headed towards the baseball uh, playoffs. And so we haven't had one of those funny baseball injury stories in a while here on Sports Best, like the guy who went on the injured reserve list because he hurt himself splitting hamburgers with a knife. Mm. Milwaukee. Milwaukee Brewers will likely be without their top setup reliever. De- Devin Williams for the playoffs. After the right-hander broke his pitching hand, punching a wall after having a few drinks following Sunday's game that clinched the National League Central for the Brewers, said Williams, quote, I went out to have a few drinks, and at my home I was a little frustrated, upset, and I punched the wall. That's how it happened. Now, here's what I don't understand. Why is he punching a wall if they clinched the division title? I don't understand.
1: He probably got in a a domestic argument, and he came home and was frustrated with something or maybe – He was playing a video game and got frustrated. I don't think that has anything to do with them clinching the playoffs. I think it's probably something frustrated him. He didn't know how to let his anger out, so he punched the wall, broke his hand. I think this is a huge deal. I think um, this has got to hurt him financially. I don't know what his contract says, but like, it's very irresponsible when they're they have good momentum going to the playoffs and one of their he was a rookie of the year last year. One of the it's that's a big
0: deal. You know, uh, I've spoken with voice actors. I know you know them—people that do the movie trailers—and they never yell at sporting events because they can't ruin their voice. I've known surgeons; they don't do certain things because their hands are important to them. You would think a baseball, professional baseball player, would know. Hey, maybe I shouldn't hit this wall with my hand.
1: Yeah, he see. I mean, it just seems like uh, he saw red, and it happened. I, th- I still think one of the best uh, injury reserve baseball things was. Uh, when it was hot, I don't I didn't remember when this was, but there was a pitcher, I think, for Arizona that went on the uh, injury reserve for uh, like Carpal Tunnel from playing too much Guitar Hero. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but that was a good one.
0: <laughs> that could be the best one of all time.
1: It could be. Well, a new book has come out called yes. It's Better to Be Feared. Yes, And it's um, about it's a, it's billed as a tell all for uh, for the Patriots. Organization and it's basically stories about Bill Belichick and kind of different things. We talked earlier, I think earlier this week, about Tom Brady and him wanting to leave. And this says, "quote Craft sometimes grown to confidence that Belichick didn't show him the respect he deserved, and he was no in for no rush uh, for life after him. Brady though seemed ready for it. Basically saying, ever since two thousand seventeen, Brady." was um ready to leave new england because he didn't like bill belichick and in true bill belichick fashion his first press conference after this comes out he has this to say i mean you know, i heard a few things about you know this book and sounds like it's a lot of you know second third and fourth hand comments so but i'm not going to get into that i'm going to focus on this game and try to prepare for the books yeah. try to prepare for the Bucks. i mean that's oh it's so it's such beautiful bill belichick i mean like I said, he he's the king of not divulging any information. I'm not too sold on this book. Are you excited about it? Are you going to well, read let's,
0: it? Let's just say this first. Of, first of all, perfectly timed, right? Tom Brady, as a member of the Buccaneers, going to play the Patriots this weekend, so we're getting lots of press about this book that's coming out. Uh, Seth Wickersham, who wrote this book, is deep into the NFL community. It's not like he spitball and making things up. It's not whoever wrote those. Kitty Kelly wrote that book about uh, Oprah Winfrey. No, he's got specific details. You know, it's a book. It's probably a little bit embellished, but there's some truth. This that Brady probably wanted to leave and bill Belichick and uh, the owner probably have some things back and forth. I mean, if you're into soap opera dramas, you'll probably be into this book.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's gotta be truth in what he's saying. It wasn't made out of whole cloth, but I'm starting to think right now that the worst beat in, uh, in journalism is covering the Patriots. Like you have to ask Bill Belichick questions at every press conference, knowing that you're not going to get anything out of him. That's got to be so frustrating because even, even if you catch him red-handed or something onto Cincinnati, like we're not going to get anything out of Bill.
0: I kind of agree with you, except for the fact that if you're a beat writer and your job is to cover the New England Patriots over like the last 17 years or so. You don't need quotes from Bill Belichick because the stories write themselves. They've been so good. There's been ups and downs, like the angles that you want. You know, if you if you cover the Jaguars and they suck, you need good juicy stories. If you cover the Patriots, they're good. You, that the story kind of writes itself.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I just mean it's got to be frustrating watching him walk into the room, being like, "All right, what what do we?" And you, it's like it's the definition of insanity. They they ask questions and they don't really get anything out of them ever. But. Yeah, That's, but I'm just saying uh, like if you're the I'm...
0: if you're the B rider, you're going into that going like, well we're not going to get anything anyways. I guess it's like I think they all just think it's a mere formality.
1: Yeah. And then I have a follow-up interview with the LA Times to become a writer for them and so I can hopefully <laughs> nominate you for the NFL Hall of Fame.
0: I I think that'll be great. And um odds that you'll be watching the Bucks Patriots game Sunday night?
1: Um, very high. I'm not traveling. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. It's everyone likes a little good revenge story and uh, on either side it'll be a revenge whoever wins so no skin in the game i'm excited for some good football
0: i was reading about the uh, the producers of the sunday night telecast and what they're going to do and all the emotion and all the drama it's going to be like a higher rated game than the thanksgiving games they're saying
1: yeah i feel like uh, maybe i'm just not as in touch with uh, the nfl as i used to be but the thanksgiving game doesn't seem that appealing to me anymore i'd rather watch on a sunday afternoon or a sunday night than uh, give up time with my family
0: Yeah, take that, NFL. Take that. We talked about this earlier this week. NBA players who do not comply with local vaccination requirements will now not be paid for games that they miss. I guess there was some idea that maybe some of the players would be able to sit out and still get paid. Well, they're not. That affects the Warriors, Nets, and Knicks as all three teams play in areas with local jurisdictions that are requiring people to be fully vaccinated to be allowed indoors for entertainment. This mostly affects Kyrie Irving Irving and Andrew Wiggins. So here's, I, I love this rub now, right? Kyrie Irving's gotten on his high horse. Andrew Wiggins has gotten on his high horse and said, I am against this vaccine. It's toxic. Do not put it in my body. Okay. Is that worth $20 million? Kyrie Irving or Andrew Wiggins? I love that. We get to fight out the answer to that.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's definitely going to be a, a stare down. It's if it was, Going into the playoffs, I think the NBA might be a little bit more likely to flinch. But since it's so early, they have a pretty long season. I don't think they're going to be, they're going to be flinch, flinching first. I think the players are going to give in because that's a ton of money. I'm kind of surprised that this even needs to be a story. I, I assume that if you weren't going to comply, you wouldn't get paid. I did see this morning that Ted Cruz has come out. I don't know why, why that's a story, but Ted Cruz uh, supports the players in their right to not get vaccinated. And I also support their right to not get vaccinated, but I support the NBA for saying you're not going to get paid if you don't, if you don't play, if you can't play based on local jurisdiction.
0: Just a reflexive of this, I do think it's admirable in the NFL and in the NBA, they run like at 90% vaccination rates, which Mm -hmm. is way higher than the general population. I know we're all not millionaires, but kudos to the leagues for getting to 90% when in the U S what do we get? Barely 60, maybe.
1: Right. I did see a story. I only read the one source. I didn't do it. I normally do cross-reference this, but I did see that Harvard Business School went to 100% online learning again, and they are at a 95 to 100% vaccination rate amongst their students. So who knows what the right thing to do is, but we see that uh, that is uh, a little bit more cautious in the the Florida and the Florida states of the world. Their football programs are a little bit less cautious, (laughs) I think. Well, staying with the caution of COVID, we have gotten an announcement from the Beijing Olympics, which are fastly approaching because of wow. the delay in Tokyo 2020. But they went out in public and said that China will not be allowing outside spectators to come watch the, uh, the games, but local Chinese residents will be able to. I think we're a little premature in saying this, but maybe just for planning on letting people buy tickets they have to do this. My first question was: there was the whole thing with Tokyo. Can breastfeeding mothers bring their kids? Can you bring your husband? Like, what? What's the line in the sand for an outside spectator?
0: Yeah, I'm wondering if like China just has so money and doesn't care what the world thinks. They're going to do what they want to do. Versus, versus Japan, they put a lot of money into this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wonder why the, the different perspectives on this.
1: Yeah. Also, I guess a side story to track once we get closer to qualifiers, the USA announced earlier in September that they will require all of their athletes and staff members to be fully vaccinated in order to travel to Beijing. So that'll be something interesting to track if there will be a standout athlete that is holding out. Um, Maybe everything will work themselves out between now and then. But again, it's it's pretty early to be making bold declarations about the Olympics.
0: I was very. I feel like I took a very anti Olympic stance as we approached the Olympics that they shouldn't have been doing it. But mm-hmm. post the Olympics, we don't hear of major breakouts of the covids and a lot of people dying. So I feel like it went okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's. Uh, as we spoke on a, a different show, it's a slippery slope <laughs> if you start letting people in and uh, things are going to happen. But I mean something I, I check maybe about once a month or every other month is like, what's going on in Sweden? Cause at the, early on, that was the big banner. Sweden wasn't putting any restrictions in place. Their numbers have been low. They had one surge, but I don't know the right thing to do. The top experts in the world don't know what the right thing to do. This is still new. We're flying by the seat of their pants, Beijing maybe hold out for a little bit and, and wait to see if I'm allowed to fly and be the uh, reposted podcast network correspondent to the winter olympics
0: this is a little fortuitous because i was thinking of getting a tramp stamp on my back that says what's the deal with sweden yeah it's a little i don't know it's crazy that you brought that up
1: okay well i was thinking about getting half of the olympic rings on uh, on my body
0: on your groin region
1: <laughs> maybe you'll have to you have to meet me in beijing and i'll show you
0: i like it i'm in yeah. Manny Manny Pacquiao is calling it quits so he can run for president. The boxing grid announcing his retirement this week, closing out a career with 12 major titles. He's the only eight division champ in the history of the sport. He's earned hundreds of millions of dollars during his career. He defeated five Hall of Famers. He left his impoverished home in the Southern Philippines as a teenager and stowed away on a ship bound from Manila. He made his professional boxing debut in 1995 at the age of 16 fighting his way out of abject poverty, become one of the world's highest paid athletes. He's known as the Pac-Man, the people's champ and the national fist. So he's leaving all that. He's already like a Senator, a Congressman in Philippines. His party has backed him to run for president in 2022. He's accused the Rodrigo Duarte administration of running a corrupt regime. So he says he's going to change all that. I really tried to Google to see if he could actually win the presidency of Philippines I couldn't get that answer.
1: Well, I mean, if name recognition has anything to do with it, he's going to get that. I remember in the Mayweather fight back in 2015, the uh, the Filipino government urged people to not use appliances or electronics to help because everyone shut down their businesses and everyone's watching that fight. So, I mean, he is beloved by all accounts in that country. So. Uh, I guess we'll see if he wins, but it seems, at least in our country, name recognition goes a really long way in a uh, election.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, that's true. I just thought it was interesting, though, that I could, like, I Google the heck out of it to see what are his odds or he, where is he polling. No word. So there's no idea if Pacquiao's just, this is like a like a hype thing for him.
1: Yeah, I think he's been pretty politically active for a lot of his career. So I think, he, I think he has a decent shot. But I mean, as we look at the U.S. presidential election in 2016 and 2020, polling was very wrong both times. So like uh, like the Beijing Olympics, let's not call our shot too soon,
0: I guess. My favorite thing about Manny Pacquiao as we close out on the Pac-Man is that like, I, don't, I saw this documentary on him, how he lives. Like he has all his hype men and his corner people. They like sleep on his floor of his bed. He just goes to bed there's people just sleeping all over. Not what he trains, just like in, in general. He's just got people sleeping all over.
1: Uh, yeah, that would that'd be weird. People, you don't need a wake-up call. You just have someone be like, hey, wake me up when you wake up.
0: People are so devoted to you, they just sleep on the floor around you. God, that's great.
1: Yeah, well, a devotion like that in my life can only be compared to Bryson DeChambeau oh. because he hits the long ball like anyone I've ever heard of. He is uh, entered the Long Drive World Championships and has advanced to the second round. He hit drives of 412, 408, 407, 403, and 401 yards. And uh, I think he's tied for second moving in the next round. And in the interview, he was like, hey, this feels like, it just feels great. It feels like I've won a PJ event just because I'm moving to the second round because he's doing something new. The thing that stood out to me on this is the World Drive long drive championships are held in mesquite nevada which is an elevation of 1600 feet why is this not in colorado why are they not doing it in the thin air to to add a little bit of juice to these balls
0: um yeah i have eaten multiple brunches in mesquite nevada it's a lovely place i would love to defend the honor of the mesquiteans they're beautiful people
1: well, there's nothing wrong with the people or the place. It's the elevation. You want higher elevation for less uh, resistance for the ball traveling through the air.
0: I, I do feel like this is further evidence of Deschamps' douchebaggy in this. Like who, what professional golfer enters a long drive competition? Uh, this seems a little last night. Well, I don't think
1: most people can win. I think it's a, it's a yeah. difficult thing.
0: They, they, they're allowed to use different drivers. I'm not
1: sure if he is or not, but they have longer shafts and different specifications.
0: Yeah, I just don't understand. No respectful golfer does this, but for some reason he is. Exhibit I just a. told
1: you he's my hero, and I would follow Bryson DeChambeau into fire, so I, th- I think he's respectable.
0: God bless you, Andrew Keller. God bless you.
1: Well, sticking with golf and me being a grumpy person, I am not <laughs> impressed with this 11-year-old boy. <laughs>
0: An 11-year-old boy,
1: you are grumpy. I am grumpy. This kid, Jake Martinez, was playing in the Palm Springs Open. He's 11 years old. He'll be 12, I think, next week. He hit two hole-in-ones in in the same round, which, according to this article, the odds of doing that are 67 million to one. I think that's great. I did about 10 minutes of research, and I could not find the leaderboard for the tournament. And so I'm going to assume he didn't win, because that would have been part of the story. My question to you is, would you rather shoot a 62 at the Masters, which would be the best ever, 63 was done by Nick Price and Greg Norman, or would you rather win the Masters?
0: I would rather win the Masters. Okay. Okay. So anyway, this is
1: impressive, but uh, you got to be a closer, Jake Martinez, 12-year-old boy. Got to be a closer.
0: I feel like you're in a courtroom and you just said, Jake Martinez, you may step down. You are dismissed, Jake
1: Martinez. Anyway,
0: uh,
1: awesome for him. I'd be
0: happy. Did he buy drinks for everyone? That's unclear. That's, um, it, that's um, you know, I want to hit a hole in one someday. It's probably never going to happen for the fact that I could buy drinks from everybody. I've told, I've taken out insurance with my wife. Like, hey, wherever I am, I got to buy it. Um, but if you're 11 years old, you still have to buy drinks. My son hit a yeah, COVID hole in one. And he had to take everybody to milkshake. So whether you're 11 or five or whatever, you're 11, you got to buy drinks for everybody. Yeah. Um, Jake Martinez. By the way, I think that's his knob to bloom. I don't think that's his real name. Jake Martinez?
1: You think that's a, You think it's a stage name?
0: Yeah, Venus Flytrap, Jake Martinez. It's all fake.
1: That's all fake. Well, maybe he didn't even really hit those two shots. Palms,
0: who knows what happens in Palm Springs stays in Palm Springs. That's true. That's true. By the way, my fake name is... El Guapo. So, if you ever wanted to know what my nom the Bloom is. is that
1: Larry Boom Boom Olson?
0: No. Boom Boom's just a middle kind of funny thing. funny
1: thing. Yeah, well. Maybe we'll call right. you Larry Hole in One Olson.
0: If you need me Sunday or Andrew Sunday night, we'll be watching Tom Brady Gronkineers taking on the uh, New England Patriots. Should be a lot of fun. We'll see you on the next episode of